Welcome to The Coaching Podcast with your hosts, Emma Doyle and Simon Blair, coach for success in sport and business. Hey everybody and welcome to The Coaching Podcast. I'm Emma Doyle here with Mark McGregor. Absolute pleasure to have you on the show. So excited to get stuck into this one. So listen, Mark, I'm going to jump straight in. Our first question is a little bit off the dial. It is the Vegemite question, the Australian spread. You either love it or you hate it or you haven't tried it yet. I spent a year in Australia and, of course, we bought some and got through about half of it. <laughs> I'm pretty neutral on it. Didn't become a huge fan, but could eat it. Oh, I'm so, you've made, see, again, I'm already a fan. Now I'm an even bigger one. All right, because you answered that way, our follow-up question is now up to you. So either your worst coaching moment and, and what were the lessons or your best coaching moment? I'll go to coaching professional ice hockey. We say the word ice hockey because in Australia and many countries it's not. Uh, I was in Europe, in Switzerland. And had a challenge with my manager above me, the people that run the team, and I got fired. That was really, really challenging. I'd just gone up to a higher league and brought the team up. And how quickly you can go from hero to bum. And, uh, but the lesson learned, if I did it again, I likely would have found more one-to-one time for the guys. I uh, likely at the end, I had a young family, so they came first. But at the end, like purely from coaching and winning, I would have find, found more one-to-one time. And my success, I, I, I worked in something called the Spangler Cup, an international hockey tournament up in Davos, Switzerland, where they run the World Economic Forum as well. And it was a tournament, and I was with Team Canada, and I got to work with a really good coach, Mr. Wayne Fleming. Wayne coached in Tampa. And I just learned from him about it's really not about the tactical part of the game. It, it's all about getting the right people in the bus. He was tremendous at recruiting and getting the right people on that team and just letting them play. He simplified complexity. I think all coaches, we can learn that. Oh, I love that. Simplify complexity. Fantastic. The next question is uh, what we call the sliding doors question. Yes, there is. Actually, an Australian. There's a guy named Grant Saxton. And, and Grant was a guy in this business, tremendous speaker, was awarded twice the Speaker of the Year by the National Speakers Association. And I just saw him and thought, wow, this is the power of a message and the power of clear communication. I just saw he could connect with people and coach, and that had a big impact in my life. Fantastic. It sounds like someone that I need to follow. Yeah, exactly. I've lost contact with him, but he was a yep. tremendous yeah, human beings. Yeah, it's amazing how many role models sometimes we have that they don't even know they're role models at, at times too. So that's that's awesome. Uh, the next question is our favorite question. It's our gold dust question. It is uh, one now, Mark. I've actually asked four hundred and sixty-five coaches, business and sports coaches, and again asking you to simplify here in one to a maximum of three words. What do you think makes a great coach? Affirming people's potential. Affirming people's potential. And of course, you got to see it and convince them. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Affirming. So often we see greatness in others, don't we? And sometimes, yet we don't often, even sometimes we, as coaches, we're always about helping others. 
even affirming it in ourselves is, is super important. I love that, affirming people's potential. Thank you. And finally, our last question is where we ask you to ask us a question. I like, you've asked it already. I like the idea of who was the significant person or what was the significant moment in your life that had made all the difference. And often it's just one person, one event. And I, I like people that really want to know that, or I love to ask that question myself. It goes both ways. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, fantastic. Thank you so much. Again, it's a, the coaching podcast. It's short, it's sharp, uh, so that we can, uh, you know, share so many people's messages. And I, I love what you're about. And uh, yeah, please follow Mark. He's got two amazing books out. Um, yeah, Finding Your True North, I think, is, is the latest one. So we'll put all those details and, of course, all your bio in the uh, in the show notes. So thank you, Mark, for being on the podcast. And if you have just a little bit more time, do you mind if I do an extended interview with you? Always happy to stay uh, on and engage with good people. All right. Well, in that case, now I now I'm going off off. Uh, I'm going rogue now. I can ask whatever I want to ask. So, <laughs> so on that on that uh, on that point, I was wondering if you could um, share. Uh, you know, you talk about the parallels between high performance sport and, of course, your background in ice hockey, and as that relates to the business world, I would love to hear maybe your top three insights around that. Three, three quick ideas jump out that are so powerful. It's, it's the power of vision on both sides. So I've become really known for the ability to pull vision out of people. Sometimes you got to pull it out of their nose. It's like pulling teeth. But if you can get them to really see it, that will make all the difference. If they can articulate it. So that's the same in business and sport. My daughter's trying to get to Beijing as a professional speed skater. And it's all about that power of a vision. And any the startups I work with and companies, if you can get a team and people in that team to begin with the end in mind, as Covey calls it, Stephen Covey, you, 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 it's magic. That's the first one. Second one would be strengthening strengths. That applies so much to sport. We try to help people focus on those strengths, become world-class on those strengths. I do the same thing with young adults in my Vision X camps. And I do the same thing with managers and leaders. At the end of the day, they can't be good at everything. And you have to build people around you to support you. So it's strengthening strengths. It's having that clear vision. And the last one would be, it's all about knowing what matters most. Being really clear in your core values. And athletes need to know that. And really helps them with the why. Why are they doing it? Why are they here? Same with leaders. Same with successful teams in the business world. It's What's our core values? What values we want to live, be known for, and why are we here? Our purpose. So that whole thing of values and purpose is a wonderful re-energizing. And so those would be the three that I boil it down to. Yeah, I do so much work, Mark, with values, uh, driving behaviors. And yeah. when you get that right, when you set that, it's amazing what what flows after that. And uh, you, know, you got I, it. I love those. And I think also, uh, you know, some coaches coach the the weaknesses to get better and some coaches focus on the strengths and just keep making the strengths better and how do you almost hop, not hide the weaknesses but especially as that relates to my sport of tennis um so you know i love strengthening strengths because often even i work with a lot of uh female um athletes as well and it's amazing when i say well what are your three inner core superpowers 
and they struggle to articulate what what they are. Do you? What are your thoughts on that? That's a great. That's a good. I've never used that. What do you again? The, the inner powers is that the, the word you use? Yeah, the three superpowers. Inner, inner core, inner core superpowers. Yeah. Ah, nice. Yeah, it's 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 great. A great coaching question that that gets people to reflect on that, which is important as well, right? And uh, mm. yeah, I really I really like that, and I think it's a great a great question to ask. Keep doing that as a coach. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's 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 and it's amazing even at the elite level sometimes how people struggle to articulate they 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 you know they're looking to their teammates like oh i think i'm good you know maybe uh you know bringing the team together of course you're good at that like it's what this comes back to affirming people's potential doesn't it and who we surround ourselves with so i love those thank you and maybe sorry maybe just to jump in there i mean but you when i work with young adults not the elite uh, athletes which are a little bit different, but the young adults they work with, when you ask them what are their strengths and what are their weaknesses, they'll list, they'll struggle to list one or two strengths and they could list 10 or 12 weaknesses. Successes and failures, they'll list maybe one or two successes, 10 or 12 failures, which is a pity. We, we have to reprogram. We have to change that mindset because the schools aren't doing it. We, mm-hmm. we got to help these kids believe in themselves. And that, that, that's through, again, affirming their potential. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Um, my next question, I, I love this, just asking people this one, which is what has been your most successful failure? Hmm. Besides the one you shared earlier, can you share one? Yeah. Um, that's most successful failure. That's a good one. That, that one, I was, I've never heard that one before. you got some good questions. i got to think a little bit. Yeah, likely likely goes back to even managing a hockey team. Uh, I had a really struggling year, but I, I realized after we struggled, we did get through the year. It wasn't real successful, but the whole thing of never never quitting, uh, staying really positive and, and not letting it really take your personal life hostage. Because often a lot of people, they let that business challenge affect their personal life and they get taken hostage. And, I just fought hard against that. So I guess the struggle in the professional world managing a hockey team, I still stayed sane. And I, I, thank you. I, I love that. And I'd love to, um, what you said earlier brought up uh, a reminder of one of my favorite AFL coaches, um, David Whedon. He wasn't, again, you and I just off air, we spoke about some of the greatest coaches I think a lot of people have never heard of. And a lot of people wouldn't have heard of David Whedon, even in Australia, but he's got a great book called Coaching Matters. And he says that coaching equals people management plus teaching. And uh, and he, when, I, um, when we unpacked it a little deeper, he was talking about the, the ability to recruit and, and what you said earlier about a great coach is someone who can get everyone in the bus and almost sitting in the right seats in, for the, their positions that they're going to play on the team. And so I'd love um, for you to explore a little bit more about that, if you if you can, as it related to you as, you know, again, as you see that as a hockey coach, you know, getting the right people in the right seats and then also in the business world, what are some of the parallels there that you see? Yeah, I think from what I've learned working with elite coaches, they take personal responsibility to hire and find the right people. They don't outsource that. 
they they are really good at keeping keeping their files updated, uh, keeping connected. And when they go to find a guy, they're going to at least interview about eight people that know that person to find out what kind of character they are. They try to connect with family members. They, they really do a good job. They want to get to know the spouse because at the end, they have to fit in the whole package. And I, I think business too. I think too often in the old days, a lot of the executives were too busy running their business or managing and didn't put enough energy into really having that network and, and recruiting. And, and that's why a lot of my successful CEOs, they bring people with them. They move and they bring 10% of the former team with them over time, maybe 20, 30. And that's how they do get the right people in the boat sometimes, which is mm-hmm. tough for the old company to lose two or three people. But that's what good professional coaches too. They're like magnets. The players move with them as they move sometimes team to team. Mm-hmm. 10 principles of leadership and life, I believe. There are 10 yes. that, you know, that you have. Would, would, it, would it be cheeky of me to ask for at least eight? I might give you three or four. We've already <laughs> okay. talked about Good deal. Good one deal. Of the, yeah, exactly. One of the principles is to clarify your values. We've talked about that. And that's where coaches can help people. It's hard to do on your own. Create a vision, that vision that pulls you, that power of vision. Principle four is the whole idea of being on mission, that's execution, XQ, not IQ, not EQ, not PQ, physical intelligence, XQ, your ability to execute based on your values and vision, where you say no to what matters least, so you can say yes to what matters most. And then some of them are people skills, connecting and leading and involvement, because if there's no involvement, there's no commitment from your people. But the last one is principle 10. That's the principle of self-renewal or re-energizing. And that's got to happen even during COVID on a physical level. Moving water, food, energy, whole foods on an emotional level, love, romance, friendship, play. On a mental level, learning, reading, podcasts, courses, training, coaches, and on a spiritual level. Why am I here? What's my values and vision? What's my purpose in life? Clarity in those four areas and investing time in self-renewal. As Stephen Covey says, taking time to sharpen the saw. And unfortunately, in COVID, a lot of managers have been hammered by too much other stuff, too much work, too much time. And they forgot about self-renewal. And and they're slowly slipping toward death and dying instead of toward vitality, health, and energy. Fantastic. Fantastic. And what what's your what did you do during COVID for self renewal? Uh, people call me Forrest Gump. I'm a jogger, so I jog pretty well every day. It doesn't matter the weather, cold, and Europe's cold in the winter. We did a lot of cross country skiing this year. We spent some time in southern Germany. We had about 22 days of, on the cross country skis. It was great. So I do those things. And even this year, I bought a mini tramp. I had a bit of an ankle problem for a while. And, did some mini tramp with some music and felt like a young kid. So that's that's really what I do. That's what I, I'm pretty consistent. Fantastic. And what are the three uh, inner core superpowers of your daughter? Wow. Good question there too. She's, she's a really strong speaker. She could follow your footsteps and also do that whole world. She was just on a podcast last week. She works with me. She comes to events. And so she's a wonderful, wonderful presenter. I think her other superpower is ability to connect and make people feel special. She has an 
gut feeling how to make emotional deposits and make people feel that right then, right now, they're the most important person in the world. She connects really well. And what she's also good at, and I wasn't very good at that as a young person because I had a bigger ego than you really wanted, but athletes have that to protect them. She doesn't have that. And so she's really good, actually, at coaching and listening. She's, she's got a good skill set to listen with empathy and people just share and share. She's worked in a few of my programs. That's the real classic one-on-one coaching, that ability to, to get into the other person's shoes. So I guess that's because she's, she's still humble because she's never really made it to the top. She's still mm-hmm. uh, on, her, on her way. So it's, her it, it makes a difference yeah, yeah, so- on her journey. Yeah. What uh, now? What's her name so we can look out for? Her? Yeah, it's it's Kate. It's Caitlin McGregor. Caitlin. Caitlin McGregor. Yeah. Uh, she, she was. I'm gonna have to have her on the podcast one day. I yeah, think. she'd be a fun. She'd be a fun. She, she'd inspire young people. She's 27 right now. Yeah. But when she was 18, she was the second fastest speed skater in the world at the World Juniors. Wow. Yeah. One one girl could beat her, and uh, and then she missed Sochi, took four years off, went to North America with a partner, and after four years, says, you know what? I don't want to live with regret because I might regret I didn't go for it. So she chose. That's mm-hmm. principle one. You take life in your hands and you choose. Uh, the yes, I can. She chose and she had enough belief in herself to say, I'm going to come back after four years. And imagine in tennis, I don't know how easy that would be after four years. She wasn't on the skates. It'd be like not having the racket in your hand. And now she says, I, I, I want to try to get to Beijing and even four years beyond she's looking. But that's a five-year commitment. So we will see if she yeah wow fantastic and i i always find it fascinating you know um so what sort of distance like is it with speed skating what's the distance? great great question she she's her fastest is the 1000 and 1500 meters so yeah. she's not the pure sprinter that just explodes for those 10 seconds she's right in the sort of a middle distance they call her an all-rounder but and she's not the long distance some girls long? are really strong yeah yeah how long does that take normally that uh, that's that's that 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 thousand meters is around twenty two seconds. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. They go um, pretty fast. Ha- have you heard of Stephen Bradbury? Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh. One of my favorite Australian moments. Anyone listening, uh, just Google it on YouTube. He his actual plan in the final of I forget which Winter Olympics it was. Do Do you know which one it was? I, I forget. No, I don't remember either. No. Yeah, so he basically, this was maybe, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, maybe 20, I don't know. But he basically, his plan, his actual plan, listeners, was he was going to hang back and count on the top three, you know, there's four in the, in the final, the top three actually taking each other out. And would you believe it, the luckiest yeah. son of a gun, uh-huh. on the last corner, the, the top three are all now pushing for the for the finish line and they take each other out and he he just skates you know huh? he skates through wins the gold medal and he's, he's looking he's just like oh, you have to be kidding did uh, it just happen it's just a classic moment uh, uh, and you know uh, actually my daughter she trains with lots of Australians in the past and uh, New Zealand girls and boys because they're so good at inline skating very popular in, in those countries so a lot of those kids, at about 14, 15, 16 are world-class and they shift over, even at 20, some kids shift and try to become a speed skater on the ice and that huge transition, but they're such strong athletes, they, they, they could be very successful. Yeah, and could you talk to me about the mindset of that? Like 22 seconds, I mean, tennis, you know, so many variables, you've got an opponent, 
Uh, yes, I know in speed skating you would have an opponent as well, but essentially 22 seconds of time where, yes, everyone's strong, everyone's potentially equal doing the same you know, strength and conditioning program, right? So what, what sort of some of the – I'm trying to get into the mindset of what it takes um, knowing that you're almost, correct me if I'm wrong, in 100% control of what happens. Um, and even compare that to ice hockey where, again, you, you know, you've, it's multiple 22 seconds and there's multiple variables happening. So what are some of your top mindset tips that you work maybe with her on? And, how again, how does that relate back to maybe the mindset of people in the workplace? Yeah, a heavy question as well. So she has to do a lot of the mental techniques. So she's really into affirmations where she'll be before the race, you see her focusing and she'll be running her favorite affirmations into her mind. She will, she will have things like fast feet, fast feet. I explode. And, and you're not at all focused on the competition. You're purely there. It's all, all in your hands, right? It, it, it becomes not a real race against someone. It's just, you trying to do your personal best that she really has a pure target. What's the time she wants to get that race? What, what, what is success? The, the other one would be, they would, she would do a lot of what's called visualizing. She will see the race again and again. You'll see her there seeing her strides and focusing with her eyes closed or open. And then she does something that we call seeding and seeding is she tries to get a feeling of what the race feels like, especially at the end when she's done, how she's going to feel. So you sort of get that feeling of success and your body starts to believe it. So between the affirmations, between visualizing, the seating, and she does a lot of rituals, almost like in tennis. You see the great tennis players, you hear about the rituals before their serves, where they do the same thing time and time again to get that great serve. And it's the same in speed skating. So it's, but it gets into food and nutrition and the sleep quality. And there's so much because at the end of the day, it's these, 20 or another race it's 42 seconds and it's just you're either there or or it's the next race right yeah it's either yeah go so quick if i relate that to tennis you know really when we do let go of the thoughts we've done our affirming visualization i love seating by the way i've never used that term but it's like oh, i use anchoring a lot to help them just play in the now because if they are thinking in tennis when you're about to get up and serve and you're about to play that point if you're thinking too much as we know uh, it's it's a disaster right so yep. uh so you know seeding that's that's a, such a powerful word thank you i love that insight i always get so many little gems this is this is awesome um and uh yeah i really love that and so now in the workplace um even just taking that concept affirmation visualize seeding rituals is there anything within those techniques that you utilize in when you're coaching corporates? Yeah, so I, I'll go into companies. I, I just worked with a company, Bayer, or Bayer, you pronounce it different in German and English, the pharmaceutical, crop science. And, and I did a, a program there on, on self-renewal and vitality, and it was called resilience. And the whole topic of resiliency is so important. And, uh, of course, all the combinations of what athletes do, the nutrition, uh, the sleep, and then even for handling stress, the affirmations. And, and if, if I work with a client one-on-one, if I can get them to share with me their vision, sometimes I'll get them to close their eyes and they, they just put it out there what they see in five or 10 years. And then I ask them, I plant the seed by saying, when you're doing that, if 
five years to the day, how is that going to feel? Then if they can answer that question, the seed is planted. Right? And that, that emotional feeling is what's going to get them to, to train, to change, to work, to do some new daily rituals, to create a weekly plan, to set yearly targets. That's the power of the whole thing. If you can get someone to see and feel their future, the future state, and then, of course, live in the now, and be purely anchored and grounded in the now, that's, that's, that, that's, there's power in that whole yeah. circuit. So much power because leadership is not a title, uh, as you always say, and uh, yep. the more we can water, water that seed of, of having creating that vision. Look, just so many gold nuggets on this episode, uh, Mark. I want to just thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, Simon Blair and I, we're just so grateful to even have this podcast to talk to people like you. And uh, yeah, just really appreciate your time and so many, so many gold nuggets. I don't even know which one I'm going to clip for the promo of this episode, but, uh, but thank you again. Really appreciate it. Great. And my last statement, all these young athletes that you deal with and business people, just my statement always is just keep doing the right things first based on your values, your vision and your mission. Do the right things first. You heard it right here on the right coaching on. podcast. Thanks, cool. Mark. More than welcome. It's fun to be here. The Coaching Podcast was brought to you by Emma Doyle and Simon Blair. Emma Doyle is a global speaker and performance coach helping unleash human potential. Her website is emmadoyle.com.au. And I'm Simon Blair, trainer, assessor, and coach of sales and customer service skills with my own company, Five Degrees. Connect with me on LinkedIn or email me at simon.blair at five degrees, that's F-I-V-E-D-E-G-R-E-E-S dot com dot A-U.